0: hello hello well, well the update was weird now it wanted to go video by default mm. yeah I hadn't seen that before I'm like I had't either turn that off <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired of of Skype having an update every time I log into it
0: yeah that's because you don't log in very often but even so my god. It's just every week. It is every week. <laughs> it's not too bad. They find that it's got a security flaw, and you don't want Russian hackers into your Skype session. They're more than welcome.
2: It's more than, more than likely than one of our multi-billionaire oligarchs is just updating its <laughs> spyware on us.
1: Hello, yeah, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, nice to have you with us. I have a targeted
2: ad for some more comics when I get off of this.
1: <laughs> but
0: that's good. I want more ads for comics. I don't care.
3: I ask Alexa all the time if she's listening to us, and she claims she's not. Yeah. Oh, she's always listening. But if she
1: wasn't listening, how could she answer the question?
3: Well, because she hears her name. She's, she's listening salts. for
1: her name. She's listening yeah. for her name, yeah. I have That's less problem says, with man. that as I do than I do with uh Mr. Zuckerberg.
2: Yeah, all those super rich stones don't really don't him to just get on my nerves.
3: He looks like HP Lovecraft. Did you ever notice that?
0: <laughs> I don't what know what he a... looks like, so <laughs> which one? Lovecraft
3: or Zuckerberg? Yeah, I've
0: never I've never seen a picture of Lovecraft. Oh oh, Every yeah. time I see Lovecraft I see a Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know I know that Lovecraft isn't a Cthulhu, so
1: As far as we know.
0: Well, he could be.
3: He's one of those fish fish people that Alan Moore was writing about. <laughs> Gross. Well, we I was got looking at some of these Nick uh, Wetmore questions. Uh, he's got some dandies today, buddy. I'm yeah, kind of he's chilling. on fire. He is yeah. on fire. He's
1: firing them off left and right here.
3: I mean, we could spend the whole show just doing Nick questions today.
1: I, I was going to say, maybe we should... Uh, Break them up, take a few of them, and then answer a few the
3: next time around. Yeah, maybe so. I was trying to think of like a last. horror movie from World Wars that's any good. And the only thing I remember, there was one in the trenches. It's called Death Watch. It came out back when I was still at Blockbuster. Mm. Uh, did you ever see that one? It's like a British horror movie, and they're like in the trenches in World War One. No, I, I haven't. Death Watch. Andy Circus is in it. I don't know if anybody else of any import is in it, but...
2: The premise sounds familiar, but I don't remember that title.
3: Yeah. Well, that's a pretty generic title.
1: Well, my my pick, if it if it actually had existed, which it does not, at least as far as I know it doesn't, um would be the werewolf women of the SS. <laughs> but un- unfortunately I believe that's just a trailer in Grindhouse.
3: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: No, I think I think there is a movie. Is there? Yeah. Well then,
1: I need to I need to see this stuff
0: There's something about the SS. I know there is. Yeah, I'm, there was. <laughs> no, the it's Nazis. only coming
1: up. It's only coming up as a short, and it's two minutes long. It's, Not it's the just a trailer. Was an entire
2: genre, and I know there's like the beast. Something with the beast from Severin Films released a Blu-ray of it, and it has something with like some monster that the Nazis are using, but. It, as a as a real answer to his question, I was thinking of there's a series called Outpost, and there's different films in the in the series,
4: mm-hmm. and I know
2: there's like zombie Nazi soldiers in it. I've never seen one. I've bought a few of them, and they're in my to watch box, but I haven't gotten around to it. And I caught part of a movie on sci-fi one time called Dog Soldiers, which involved yeah, I've
0: seen that Soldiers one.
2: versus werewolves. So. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That would be a good weird war movie.
1: But my my real example would be, and it's only tangentially related because it's not actually set during the war, but Dead Snow is a zombie movie featuring zombies. That's a good one. Nazi That's a good zombies. one. Yeah. But it's like set in present day. It's just that they come back, you know,
0: something disrupted. No, but they're they soldiers. They're just yeah. in the camouflage, the yeah, military exactly. camouflage.
3: And speaking of zombies, I'm excited Mother Rush is coming back. It looks like it left Alterna, but there's at least going to be one special.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. excited about that. I'm a big fan of that series. And, yeah. uh, and the creator usually does Kickstarters. And so if anybody is, sees him doing something, he always delivers. So nice. Jeff, Jeff McComsey is, is the guy's name, and you can count
3: on him. Yeah, I don't even know what happened to Alterna. I think they're like subscription and Kickstarter only.
2: Yeah, some kind of mail order exclusive. They were, I mean, apparently the deal for Indies with Diamond is pretty crappy where they get almost nothing. And then since their cover prices were so low anyway, they were getting, you know, (laughs) just pennies. So they decided Mm. to keep those pennies to themselves and sell mail order.
0: Yeah. So I guess I would say the latest one that I saw is Shadow in the Cloud with Chloe Grace Mortez, which is World War II. And there's gremlins involved on a uh, a World War II bomber. <clears throat> so that's the one I would pick.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. <clears throat> i have forgotten about that one. And that's, that just shows how bad my memory is because I watched that one recently.
0: Yeah. And then I pick Heavy Metal. There in in a segment there's a nice skeleton uh bomber segment in the mm-hmm. original Heavy Metal.
1: That's right. That's a good one.
0: And I've seen The Dead Snow and the the Dog Soldiers. I haven't seen the other one.
1: <clears throat> in Twilight Zone the movie has that uh Vietnam segment, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the oh what's the one? Um I think it's Jacob's Ladder. That's a good weird uh Vietnam movie where basically they had been testing the drugs on the soldiers. anybody seen that one?
0: Jacob's yeah, Ladder
3: with Tim, that- Robbins. Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins? Yeah, no, I
1: haven't.
3: Yeah, it's really good. There's some messed up stuff in it. Yeah, it's that's a good one. I don't know if that'd be like Weird War, but it's some weird stuff happened to some kids during the war.
2: I don't remember understanding that movie i went i remember going to see that with with a girl at the time she was excited to see it and i think she sold me on the vietnam war aspect and i I think my teenage self was confused by it
3: i think ultimately everything that happens while he's in america was the dream while he was on the drugs in vietnam is what it boils down to Mm. it was like a fever dream
0: See, we already knocked out one question, and everybody (laughs) had an answer. I was going to
3: say, if we do one more of his questions real quick, mine's an easy answer for that one. And that's uh, what music, not including, I don't know how to say his name, but the guy who does all the spaghetti westerns, Inyo Morricone, maybe? Right. Would you recommend when I read some western comics? I'll be honest with you, I like no noise when I'm reading if I can have it, so I don't really do music while I read.
1: I I'm I'm with you. I if it's anything at all, I start refocusing on what I'm hearing. Me too. I can't pay attention to any of the words done. I have to keep reading the same sentence over and over again.
0: Well I don't know if that guy did uh da 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 seven. Yeah, do that one. that one's in City Slickers too.
2: Yeah. I can go with people talking while I'm reading because I can My God. I don't know how you do out. that. Mm-hmm. I, I learned it in school, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, it worked too well. And uh, so, like, I can have one like a, a football game, and the announcers and the just become background noise.
0: But I same, can't have same, a, m- same, movie, same thing.
2: a movie or music where I would actually start paying attention to that. I can't do.
0: Well, music I don't pay attention to. It could become background, just like at work when I listen to music. I don't. It doesn't. It's just in the background noise. Mm. So music, my music doesn't, doesn't way, bother I me. I can. I, I can do, do that. <laughs> Elvira, giddy up, bum, bum <laughs> <bop, bop>, <laughs> up bum, bop, 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 bop <laughs> a <Elvira>, Oak <bop>. boys. <laughs> Play some Ridge boys. <laughs> <Yeah. Elvira, laughs> all right.
4: There you go. That's funny.
2: That works for me. Old old Western stuff would
0: be good, like uh, the yodeling stuff. I like yodeling Western. Like we have – out West, they have a lot of like – I don't know, out Western-themed parks, and uh, they're like ranches, like the Flying W Ranch and you go there and they have like old buildings and western themed stores and then you go eat like a a western meal like on one of those tin tin plates, you know, where <laughs> they just throw beans on there and a couple slices of meat. <laughs> and <laughs> then and then while you eat, they play, you know, music like old school western. <laughs> and all of that stuff would be good for I couldn't listen to new western because it's all about drinking.
1: Well, mm-hmm. a lot of it's more, much more poppy too. Then.
0: Yeah, I like I like new western. I I listen to it quite a bit. I just don't think I could read western comics to it. So I most, listen to Bon Jovi you...
1: sing "Young Guns." There you go.
0: Hey, that's a <laughs> that good. That's a that's a good soundtrack. Have you? I own the Young Guns two soundtrack.
1: I only have. I only know that song.
0: I oh, it's the rest. everything well, is good on that. I'm gonna have to
2: take your '80s card from you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's good instr- instrumentals on that Young Guns soundtrack. Betrayed too.
2: the Bon Jovi mafia. <laughs>
0: it's good stuff.
2: I was I was legit concerned that Bon Jovi was breaking up because that's that's what's important when you're a teenager is things like that. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're still together. Aren't they? Well, they kicked out Alec John such. And I think Richie and John Bond had a falling out and I'm, I don't even remember why. So I -hmm. think Richie's doing his own thing. And John, John Bon Jovi is still with David Bryant and Tico Torres. And I think Rob might be getting, joining the band just to make up for snobbing him before. But, uh, beyond that i'm not sure
0: well there was another question about the indigo tribe and i um, actually had to think about what the indigo tribe was cuz
1: <laughs> I, I thought that was that I like a band a group yeah
0: i was thinking is there it's one of the lanterns you know the indigo yeah. tribe yeah that's what i figured
1: I think I was getting confused between a, a tribe called Quest and the Indigo Girls, and combining them into a new band.
4: Ah, oh, there yeah. you go. That'd be that be something. <laughs>
1: well, Indigo
2: Girls was was where my mind went first. I was like, that can't be what he's talking about. And right. I, I actually had. I and had that's and that's up. why
0: he posted it because he's like he posted a response to it and he's hmm, it's Kirk thinking. I was
2: thinking you know, all of the questions
3: I had to, I
0: started He's like, about uh, which NASA. album was that again?" The Indigo he, he
3: goes around humming, "Closer <laughs> I am to find the rest of the night." <laughs> well, that is that is
2: the the banger from the their early hits, but um, Yeah. I, I looked it up cuz I was like, "What what who is that? the Indigo Tribe?" And I've actually read part of the Blackest Night thing, but yeah. I never finished it. And so I'm I remember them mentioning the indigo tribe but I don't I don't know much about it beyond
3: that so I'm afraid are they would... the ones that black hand gets like chained up to at the end that's the one that with.
0: that's the one that brings Ray Palmer in the indigo tribe in those I know. issues
1: okay Is that' the one that does it just keeps saying knock
0: or something like that or yeah I think so they don't I think that's English indigo stuff. like it you don't know what they say yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah I, I vaguely remember it it's been a while since I've read it
0: What was the question?
3: What do we think about it in the history of its members? So apparently not a lot.
0: (laughs) The only members (laughs) I know is Indigo, and uh, Ray Palmer. The rest of them I don't remember. There you go. That's our. I'm a lot
2: less likely to know much about the modern things, especially the modern superheroes. Nothing against them. That's just I I used to know it, but.
0: The the blackest night and all that stuff was like man, it was it going on fifteen years now. Yeah, it's been a while. It's a long time.
3: Wow, that's yeah. that's about when I got back into weekly buying books again. So I, I feel like it was that era, and so I don't even have all of them. I had because in that when they brought back like um, speaking of like stuff that we do cover on the show, in that when they brought back Weird War Western for like uh, its quote unquote final issue. Yeah, yeah, a final issue of Suicide Squad because it was uh,
0: Jonah Hex as a Blackest Lantern, right?
3: And there was like a final issue of like Power of Shazam or one of those two. Like they brought back a lot of like dead titles for like a a, one more go. Right, yeah, that's exactly yeah. yeah.
0: And if you bought them all, you got a ring. So like, that's right. You got a different plastic ring. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, that was that was
3: right when I I really went down the rabbit hole again because. Uh, that was the big one. I can't remember what would have been at Marvel. Maybe like uh, Secret Invasion or something like that. I feel like all those were. There was all the events uh, uh, of the yearly events is when I really started getting back into it again. When it was literally a big one every year in the Bendis era <laughs> over at Marvel.
0: Now there's one every week, except uh, <laughs> except they do they, like. do they do a, they do a good job of not taking over all the titles yeah well yeah
3: now it's like the street level ones will be just in the that rain one or whatever well yeah they'll have that and
0: sometimes it doesn't even interrupt the books like it's devil's rain plus devil's rain you know subtitles
3: and then like the dark hold will be like for six titles or something Yeah.
0: yeah and like infinite frontier didn't even have any tie-ins it just I feel I
3: feel like that
1: one should have been a much bigger deal I
3: agree
0: well it felt like new 52 the the storytelling it seemed it seemed like it ended too soon but it's continued still we're gonna get Mm -hmm. justice incarnate yeah
1: absolutely
2: So yeah. y'all, are, y'all are skipping one of Nick's questions. I know there's at least one more. Oh, well, there's.
0: there's a ton well, of it them. says while well, while reading your favorite romance comic, what dessert should I have to accompany the reading? That's <laughs> that's brulee. weird.
1: Creme brulee. Uh,
0: that's a that's another one.
3: In general, if it's my comics, I don't really eat while I'm doing it. I usually have coffee only if I have. No, any but
0: he, The way he words that though is like. While reading what your should, favorite, what should, eat what should I eat? Yeah. Maybe it's romantic because we're going
3: to read to him. So while we read yeah. Nick Young He's Romance. eating dessert.
0: Volume,
3: we want him to have something uh, decadent, you know.
2: Well, the correct answer is pot de creme au chocolat. <laughs>
0: there you go. I don't, I don't even know, know what, what that you is. said, but <laughs> <laughs> right. I would say a whoopie pie. You get a oh, whoopie pie. Oh yeah, those pie. are good, man. A whoopie pie from the Amish country. Mm. Yeah, those are delicious. Now, why? Do, okay,
3: I, I hope this is not being offensive, but we think of Amish people a certain way. Now, would you really think they would have something called a whoopie pie? <laughs>
0: no. I don't know. No. I don't even know if they they originated the whoopie pie, but uh, I. I just remember going to uh, the, you know, Comic Geek Speak Super Show, and there was that Amish all-you-can-eat buffet yeah. near there. No, we had anything, we had a Mennonite like restaurant that shady those shadows or what was it called? I can't remember what it was. But you actually drive through like an area that's like got shit all over the road because they have horse-drawn <laughs> carriages and stuff. Right. And uh, a lot of them were riding bikes, but you get to this incredible buffet, and uh, that was the best part of uh, Super Show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah,
3: we we had a Mennonite restaurant back <laughs> home in uh, outside of Perry. I don't remember if it was in Cordial or where the heck it was, but um, they they had whoopie pies, and I was just like thinking about that one day. I was like whoopie. That's like, I mean, it's not like vulgar, but it's not really something I would think they would talk about in polite company either. Right. Well,
0: I, I think whoopee was like, isn't it like a whoopee, Like a
3: celebration. Uh, oh, okay. I thought more like as in making Whoopi or something. Well,
0: I think that's an old You've been watching term. too much
3: of, of the newlywed game show.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> he's watching the Game Show Network. <laughs> what what is Whoopi Pie?
3: <laughs> okay, okay. Did they really say "In the Butt Bob" on an episode, or is that, there that fake? <laughs> no, that is real. Right, real. <laughs> in the Butt Bob.
0: I, I only know. But there, was a, <laughs> um, there was the funniest game
1: show moments. It okay. was like a hour long special, right. and they saved that. Like they actually had the old hosts, and Eubanks was one, and they had a couple of the other hosts.
4: Um, The dating game would have some funny
0: stuff, but the newlywed game, newlywed (laughs) game and uh, Hollywood Squares, they would have some pretty witty stuff.
1: They saved that clip because (sighs) Eubanks, he's like, it's, it's, you know, that it's an urban legend. Is it real? Is it not real? He's like, it's real. It's and then real. They, they actually showed it. Not, they showed it because it was like on VH1. It wasn't on a regular network TV. Right. Um, the special. Family so, Feud
0: yeah. has some good ones. They have oh, some. Real...
1: One of my favorites ever, Mike, is what in what month does a woman start showing that they're pregnant? And the and the lady answered September. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Dawson started laughing. He actually. Had a, he had to stop the clock. He <laughs> fell on his knees. He was
4: laughing so
1: hard.
0: <laughs> they have yeah. some really good ones that I don't know how the husband and wife could stay married after an answer like some oh, of those. Yeah. Oh, they might not have. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And then yeah, you see them later on
1: that. divorce court, you know. It's
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So Crème brûlée. I don't even know what what you said, <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> i never heard
2: of it. Poda de cream au chocolat.
3: Au chocolat. What's pot de Is it like in pour a, the cream?
2: It's like a really rich, thick chocolate custard. Oh, and okay. It, it is divine. <clears> throat> my throat> mother and my sister are excellent, well... My sister's an excellent cook. My mother enjoyed cooking. And they would often just go through the cookbook and say, let's try this, let's try that. And I'm not sure if that's one of the things they did or if they got inspiration, something else, but they cooked it one year and we all just thought it was one of the best things we'd ever eaten. And it became a tradition for like every holiday or, or a special occasion, they would make it. And it just, it's usually served in little, Almost like little coffee cups. And it's just fabulous.
3: Well, I, I tell you, if he was reading a, a romance western book, you could make him a uh, vinegar pie, which is what they used to make on the trail because they didn't have fresh lemons. And it smells like shit, but it is delicious. That sounds I don't terrible. know that I've
2: had a vinegar pie.
3: I've had buttermilk pie. <laughs> yeah. So It I... does sound terrible, but it, and it stinks to high heaven, but it's good.
0: If I if I know Nick and he has to eat one of these desserts, I think he would pick uh Kirk's. <laughs> because he he puts his little pinky in the air. And <laughs> yours sounds pretty pretentious.
2: It it's so, quite uh, pretentious and when, delicious.
0: When when uh when he does when Nick, when you do listen to this, tell us which one of the choices you'd pick. I know That's which right. one I would pick. I I'd pick the creme brulee. I'm a big fan of that. I love well, creme creme brulee. brulee
2: is a custard, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a custard, and it's got that sugar layer. They like right. uh, what do you call it? Fire it, you know, with the
2: right. They they scorch the sugar. They on scorch
0: stuff. it. They torch it. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah, I like crème <laughs> brûlée. I just like the proto de crème or chocolate a little bit more because generally in any head-to-head competition for a dessert, chocolate flavor is going to win out for me.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Not for me, especially if it's rich chocolate.
3: I like caramel, I like sea salt, caramel, anything with that in it's good. Mm. Does anybody yeah,
0: pronounce like it caramel? It.
3: I
2: usually say caramel.
0: Oh, I use really?
1: them Interchangeably, depending on the circumstance. I don't know why.
0: Why?
3: Probably depending know. on who I'm talking to. I
0: always say caramel, but that I've heard caramel. people say caramel. I think I, and I think like, mostly say caramel. What are you talking about? Yeah. All right. Do well, we have there's any... an
2: A in it, so I say the A, Caramel. <laughs>
0: there you go.
3: Pecan pie, too. Pecan pie. Pecan.
2: Well, now, which way do you usually say it? Pecan. Okay, that's what I usually say. I, I saw... Um,
3: My grandma the... always said a pecan is it what we have on the back porch.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I, I say pecan more than pecan. <laughs> I think so, most
2: of my the people in my area say pecan, but I, I've always was raised to say pecan. Yeah,
0: do you want to save the rest or do you want to do one more?
1: Yeah, let's do one more. Uh,
0: the next one is, the thing I miss most regarding romance, war, and Western genres is the O. Henry style uh, storytelling. What do you miss most regarding these genres? I miss the letters pages of the romance comics. <laughs> That's my the, favorite of the bunch. <laughs> the letters pages really are
3: something. You know, you're not wrong. And the I love the fact, like the war books. Eight out of ten of them are going to be from somebody in the military. That was always cool. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: And uh, the issue I'm reading tonight, I'll just spoil a little. It's a horror issue. It was totally bizarre. The letters page was nothing but people talking about all the different haunted houses they've been to, and yeah. where's a good place they could go. and And it was almost like, almost like a forum type deal more than it was like talking about what the books uh, We're about. had been covering. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But I would say the thing I miss the most in general is just the the ten, the, well, I guess the same way from like the six to ten page story that's done. You know, and tells a full story. The anthology aspect of those books, for the most part,
0: those are still around. You just have to dig deep. You do. But you have it, to I, go to Warrant Publishing and uh, Kickstarter to find those. I
3: picked up Shutter Number
0: One finally. I swear, yeah, Shutter. What's a yeah, million gonna... been
3: hiding, hiding it from me?
0: And there's an eerie spelled differently. That's a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and that one does you know those kind of stories.
3: But as much as I like heavy metal, it's turned into more like a shonen jump type thing where it's like continuing stories. So, uh, and I still like that heavy metal's still good, but I do like the one and dones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's my answer is, is, as, as well. Um, Joe, it's just, uh, you know, you're right, Mike, you can find them, um, most, mostly, um, with only a, maybe a few exceptions, you know, you gotta look for them on kick Kickstarter. The, um, Anthologies seem to do pretty well on the horror ones you can find. I don't know if you
0: can find much of anything else like that, but there is a lot every month. There's a horror, and they come in magazine format, most of them. Yeah, Like, like I just got one, it's got a really cool cover. It's like Skin Crawl, it's a that was a Kickstarter that's an anthology. I tend to get those. If I see them, but I'm, I'm cutting back. I, if I cut back on my Kickstarters and I save, like I, I spend a lot on Kickstarters cause it costs so damn much. And I save that I could get another storage unit. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> priorities. Yeah, yeah. Just cut back. Yeah. <clears throat> so Kickstarters is the easiest for me to, to scale back for sure.
2: Yeah. I, I don't search Kickstarter anymore. But a lot I see most of the projects through Twitter, so that helps me cut back a little bit because I have a hard time resisting once I've become aware of something.
4: Yeah,
2: but there there's just been an a incredible amount of good-looking Kickstarters and Indiegogos coming out.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would think that you would be the most tempted because you'd like to explore the the outer realms of comic book dumb. Yeah. Um, the, so I mean, I, so I, that's I where like you find that heroes, stuff.
2: But yeah, I like the, the outer realms better. And, that's, and getting to next question, that, what I probably missed the most is just a regular dose of different genres, of having five different war books and three different Western titles and something else I can pick up every month and read and not just hope somebody pushes a, a creator-owned book here and there. And I don't, and while I enjoy some of them, I don't want just a space western or a modern day western. I want an honest to God Wild West cowboy shoot 'em up western, you know, somebody who fought in the Civil War, whatever. Not just a a modern day like Yellowstone or something.
0: There, I, I saw a preview for something that was a prequel to Yellowstone in the eighteen hundreds on Paramount Plus. I, I don't know what it is, but it looks like it happens during Civil War time. <clears throat> it looked pretty well, interesting. Well, I would certainly be
2: interested in a, in a true Western, but I think the Yellowstone series is probably the, the series that has disappointed, disappointed me the most on modern television because it's Kevin Costner, supposed to be a modern Western. I was really excited about it, and my wife loves it. It's her favorite show, but every character is terrible. They're a horrible, horrible person. And so I don't want to root for them. Everybody's been murdered somebody or slept with somebody's wife or done something terrible to somebody else. Or there's That's that the Wild
0: saying, West, man. Everybody does that.
2: <laughs> like, that I, join like the, the club. <laughs> I just I just don't I want somebody to root for you can you can have flaws you can have...
0: Haven't you seen Deadwood? Hardships. There's no good, guys.
2: <laughs> well, and uh, Deadwood didn't make <laughs> there's, no, list
0: of, there's no I good, guys. I want somebody
3: to root for.
0: <laughs> even Calamity Jane is a a wicked drunk.
3: Oh, she's hilarious, though.
0: She is, but she has her own problems. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> Everybody has a flaw in Deadwood.
3: Oh, yeah, even the cop and uh, he's probably the most righteous person on the show on the
0: show, true Yeah. <clears throat> but S- Swearingen is probably my favorite
3: dang it, I cannot remember the name of it it was done maybe five, six years ago there was a western anthology from Image they were like graphic novel sized and they did like three of them do you remember that one? wasn't it Grave Diggers or was it something else? <sighs> I can't remember what it was called but it was it was an anthology it had a ton of different people worked on it uh, I want to say, what's that guy's name? Steve Orlando, I think, did one and like got an award for it or something. Now I'm gonna have to look up Steve Orlando and figure it out. But yeah, that was a uh, that was one of the few things that I could think of an anthology Western wise that had come out in the the last little bit. I don't know.
2: Was it something called Lone?
3: Outlaw it? Territory. Okay. Yeah, and there was three. That was ver- of it.
0: Vertigo, though, wasn't it?
3: No, it was Image, uh, and uh, it was it came out, started in 2009, and uh, did, like, one every couple of years through 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of anything else, like, by a mainstream publisher that's not, like, you know, where you're going to have to go to Kickstarter or, mm-hmm. or those Charlton things that they do, you know. Not knocking that, that's great that it's getting made, but... I'm trying to well,
2: think, hope getting made.
3: well, yeah, all right, here you go. So, like the last one, 2013, it's our largest volume ever 25 or 35 Tales of the Old West. And, uh, yeah, he won an award for working on it. Chris Ryle worked on it, Joshua Hale Fialkov. So,
0: I was thinking of names. Outlaw Nation, I think oh, that's yeah, a yeah, vertic- yeah. vertigo, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But this was, uh, yeah, like a just a they came out and collected editions. I mean, I'd pay more for something like that if, you know, dc do it and wouldn't slap every, you know, bat character in it, which yeah. is what they do. Oh,
2: but, I remember these. I just looked it up, and I see the covers now. <coughs> yeah, I remember that.
3: Yeah. That'd be nice if there was more of that kind of stuff. And I'd be okay if it was, like, once a year. I mean, when you're hungry, you'll take what you can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... I just I always get bummed to get so excited. There's going to be these horror books from DC, like these big anthologies, and it's and nothing against superheroes, but that's all it is, you know. Like to see they have such a rich
1: well,
3: history of characters that Joe, aren't. Joe,
1: you know, you're right. I I don't mean to interrupt, but I mean you're you're right. Like even when I think we were all pretty excited a couple of years ago when they did the whatever it is the the War the One. Art. All you know, our fighting forces, Walmart right. thing, like, oh my god, this is awesome! This is going to be so cool! And you know, the majority of it was from contemporary
0: pre-book. stuff or Batman,
1: yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. superhero <clears> themes <throat> in a you know in a war setting. It's like, yeah,
0: no, I what? think war war now has a stigma to it. I, I I don't know if they'll we'll ever see any of that stuff. I don't know why yeah. it does, but they either think they have to modernize it. And take it into current war, or they can't have us. They can't have a book. Well, I know if they're fighting Nazis, they can't have it in Germany. So I, I don't yeah. know what DC's numbers are in Germany, but uh, they, I, they can't sell it.
3: That <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at uh, the previews, and uh, Mouse is hitting its anniversary, and it says really big in print on the. Preview will not be sold in Germany. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: well, that anytime it has a Nazi symbol, it won't. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Can't be sold in Germany.
3: Yeah. Well, that's why why Hydra basically became the Nazis in the movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So
2: I didn't. I, honestly, but yeah, I, I remember that Rob. Like
3: half the stories had Batman in them. The only only story that really jumped out to me, well, it wasn't Batman, but Bat Family because it had Batman story and then a Batwoman story. But right. The uh, the the unknown soldier was a really strong entry, and that's a shame because I wish that could have taken off. That crystal. Yeah, Priest. Yeah, I would have
2: liked a, a follow up on that because yeah, that, that was, was my good. favorite. That was my favorite story in that issue. Now but they did a, a DC horror one before that, and it had a good creature commando story. And uh, but I think the rest of it was focused on like swamp. I think Swamp Thing was on the cover, kissing the bride of Dracula or something. It was you like a horror Valentine special.
0: I love uh my swamp thing.
3: Yeah, I like swamp thing too. Swamp, well, I like him swamp, too. I'm swamp just...
0: swamp thing is like like Sergeant Rock. Like I love Swamp Thing. I own everything Swamp Thing. I own it in multiple formats. I just
1: Did you oh. pre-order your Swamp Thing figure?
0: Uh no, I didn't get the figure.
1: What kind of Swamp Thing fan are you? Oh,
0: I'm a Swamp Thing thinking. fan. I have no room for toys anymore. The only it's thing I've one accepted figure. lately it's is one the Spawn figure. stuff. If you
2: really love Listen, Swamp Thing, you make Amazon room right for that one now figure. I have Swamp like
0: Thing a... tat- statues. I'm fine. I'm not, oh I'll am not. i be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of the McFarlane DC toys. The, it, they, they're the very, skinny waist? They're, they have you know what, skinny waist, right, but they, and they're very, like, hard to move like yeah. Rob, what do the... you
2: want to bet in a couple of years we're going to see a tweet from mike with a picture of it saying i had to pay more to get this but i couldn't
4: resist it anymore i want it all <laughs> and, and,
1: and 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 even if you're right with the other ones this swamp thing one looks absolutely incredible yeah
3: we we should track down the swamp thing. Uh, Imagine X made and we'll get him that for Christmas. Oh, there you go. Because they that won't <laughs> well, take up any room. They're like they're a, a little cute guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're
2: like an inch high.
3: Like, I can put yeah, that in my pocket. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to. I'll we'll have to. Did Barb say no more toys or no more books? And you're like, okay, no more toys.
0: No, she hasn't said that. I just don't have any room. Like I I I can't even open up. I had to buy this new spawn stuff. And I can't even put it anywhere. And most of the Marvel Legends that I do open, I just take to work. Because <laughs> I put them on my desk. When I'm stressed out, I, I put them in different poses. So that's that's where I put my toys. But uh, we have some other questions, but we could uh, probably save them for next time if you want. Yeah, we can do
3: that.
1: Is anyone, I know Mike's not, Kirk, you've never really talked about it, Joe. Do you, guys, do you guys play video games?
3: Not really. I no, used not. to a little bit when the kids were younger, but they, they haven't really been playing lately, so I'm pretty much...
1: You're out of the game.
3: I'm out of the games these days, yeah.
2: I haven't been a regular gamer since I got my first Nintendo
1: console. Oh, well, that was just a few years ago. <laughs> 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 Yeah,
2: I'm only I'm only 18 and I got
1: about 15. (laughs) Now I was just wondering, I I had gotten um after not having a really uh, current game system, I got a PS5 last year and um and you know the kids are now the age where they're playing stuff, but I'm I'm playing a lot of PS4 games because I never had a PS4, so I'm playing old games from that and um enjoying quite a few of them, so. I was just, I was just curious. Was
0: there something that's rocking your world? What?
1: Right, right now, I just started playing. Um, making a TV series out of this. Two, The Last of Us. I'm, I'm doing um, Last of Us Part Two, and it's I just started it, but it's, it's very, very, um, it's, it, it's very. I don't know the. It, emotional in terms of all type of like it's very deep it's it's really well done what is it it's it's a uh apocalyptic type thing where um um it it, it's kind of like zombie but it's like a fungus and um so it changes uh people over time and uh and the original the first one was this uh this this guy who uh whose daughter, uh, died in the initial, um, the initial events of, of, you know, when, when this virus started, or this fungus started, um, he, they're living in like a quarantine zone and, uh, he's been tasked to get this teenage girl out because for whatever reason, she's actually immune. She's been bitten by them and, and she doesn't turn into one. Um, so it's a whole story of getting her to the other, um, other side of the country so they can actually see if there's a way that they can replicate that Mm -hmm. and then this is the second one where now you're more playing the it's like five years later you're playing who was you know the 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 girl who's now obviously older and um doing a story with her but it's really really good i can't wait what's the name um, of it the last of us okay yeah it's it's good i don't know what
0: there's a comic on that i think
1: yeah, there was a comic. Um I'm gonna look up the uh the Last of Us T V series. What is Does it, it tell me on IMDb what it's going to be on, but
3: Oh we did a show too?
1: They're 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 making a show right now. Oh, okay. Got ten it, got episodes. It. First season's gonna be ten episodes. Do you know what, what they're
0: what are they making it on?
1: No, that's what I try to figure out. I can't uh, I'm not seeing where it says what it's going to be on.
2: I'm not a gamer anymore, but both of my kids, that's all they care about. And I don't know if you've played any of them, Rob, but there's some fantastic-looking military games. I assume most of them are Call of Duty, maybe Battlefield.
1: I, they they get to drive tanks and stuff, and I'm like,
4: Oh, thanks! You know what my
1: problem is, Kirk? I am not nearly a good enough. T- I never was a good player, and I've only gotten worse as I've gotten older. I'm yeah, a it got, player it got, to play in a multiplayer. It got too complicated
0: with the controllers.
1: I'd rather just have a single you know, do a single player game and just be playing by myself and uh not having to um uh to feel a lot of stress that I'm not holding up my weight or I'm getting killed over and over again or whatever. Well I,
2: I understand that completely because I suck at almost everything. I have a terrible <laughs> hand eye coordination. So I just like to watch the graphics, but I yeah. think some of them you can play independently. There, it's available. I so,
4: yeah. yeah, I think it's
2: so, available yeah. where you can play with others because I know he likes to get online with his friends and and play and and they'll and they'll do like I know what happened to me if I did it where they're like you got killed again you're dead
3: <laughs> like, yeah, that,
2: that would have been me and then they're like <laughs> yeah. dad why don't you play with us it's like yeah that's all right.
3: <laughs> See, I, I just I the game things with games is I'm just uh kind of like Rob I'm not that good at them and then B I just don't want to spend a lot of time on them so even when I was playing games with the kids with the exception of Skylanders um, the only thing we ever did was like fighting games so we would do Injustice, Injustice 2, you know Street Fighter that sort of thing because that way I could play with the kids, you know, half an hour, forty five minutes, whatever, but I can walk away super easy and not have to feel like I gotta go play more later that day. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I totally I totally get that. Um Mike, I did find out Last of Us will be on HBO. So it's
3: well that's nice. Oh, it's gonna be on Sunday nights and we're gonna try to schedule and Rob will be watching. (laughs) Perry Mason all (laughs) over
0: again. Yeah, it's Perry Mason. (laughs) Game of Thrones, no, it's Game of Thrones party night. We
4: can't
0: can't have it, even even though I have streaming, we have to watch it as it comes out live. That's right. Have to watch it real time. (laughs) Perry Mason night. No,
2: not very nice. <laughs> He's got to watch it live because the internet's so full of Perry Mason spoilers. You don't, want to, you don't you don't want to find out whether what happened online. You want to see it in person. That's the uh, thing. You open up your Facebook uh, there.
3: I mean, we still watch TV the way Uncle Morty did. We watch it when it comes on. Damn it! That's right.
0: Watch it in the real time. <laughs>
3: it's good enough for Uncle Morty. It's good enough for us. That's right. Uncle Morty knew what he was doing.
0: It sounds like Keith Knutson, man. He would watch everything real time. He didn't even know what a DVR was. Well, the and,
2: DVR is wonderful. I think it's an amazing in, an invention, but at least half of what I record never gets watched. And Either yeah. either I never find the time to watch it, or the kids decide to record an entire season of something, and then it deletes all my stuff that I was Boy. saving to watch.
0: Ah. Uh, that's why you got to get into streaming, because then you could just watch it when you want it. Speaking Someday. of streaming,
1: Michael, did you realize that that at least from what I see here, that last night in Soho is free on Amazon? What? What? Yeah.
0: Is that real? You, you son of a gun! I'm gonna go watch that this week. I wanted to Says, see it. I wanted to see I, I it at went the theater. On, I went
1: on IMDb. It said. See you know show times and tickets. See show times and tickets. See other ways to watch. And it says rent by Prime Video rent from zero dollars.
0: Oh. What? Yeah. Okay, well, we're gonna have to watch that. Speaking of, I did watch the Batman Death in the Family, and it had I think four shorts that are not superheroes. It had Phantom Stranger. It had Sergeant Rock. It had a death and Adam Strange, so you yeah, had sci-fi cool. horror, cool. art, mil, you know, we, uh, west not western war. You had a little bit of everything, and then death is death. That was the best one uh, of the. Even though Sergeant Rock was pretty badass, did you see the Sergeant Rock one?
2: Are you talking about when he teamed with the Creature Commandos?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I saw that one. I, I've, I, seen, I've seen it a few times now. I just get yeah. a thrill out of seeing my guy well, on the screen. I, I,
0: I like to see Easy Company, but they didn't last long.
2: No, that, <laughs> that, that was
0: a disappointment. But it had everybody. It had Little Sure Shot. It had. I mean, everybody was there. Bulldozer, I mean, they were all there. And then it, it turned into a, a Creature Commando. So you got not only Sergeant Rock and Easy Company, you got Creature Commandos. So it was pretty interesting. And uh, there also was the Losers short. I don't know if you saw that, but that kind of mix, mixes the Losers with uh, the War That Time Forgot.
3: Yeah, that, I, see that. I, that, I remember that, seeing that.
0: That was pretty good. I I was disappointed in two people that die, though, especially one. But uh, that was cool. But the Phantom straight. Inter- Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going off topic. Go ahead. The Phantom Stranger one was really interesting because in early Phantom Stranger there's a lot of hippie kids and the Phantom Stranger cartoon dealt with like hippie hippie people taking one of the girls to like a satanic cult. It was pretty doggone good. But the death one was the best. It was a, a, a failed artist was going through life like Never ever completing anything and nobody really cared for him because he just, even though he loved art, he just never did anything and uh, he was living in poverty and uh, finally he comes up with death and it's a really interesting ending. It was really good. Like I had to tweet J.M. Demateus and say this was just awesome. Very thought provoking story. And the Adam Strange one was really cool because it took place on Ran and then he went to another planet because of the Zeta Beam. So that was some good sci-fi. But I would highly recommend it. They're all better than the the Death in the Family short, which is a nightmare on Blu-ray if you want to watch all the options. Because <laughs> it's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Will Robin die? Yes. Then go this way. Oh, Will God. Batman save Robin? Yes. Will Robin save himself? And then you got to go that route. And then there's a couple options that have like three options in that and then two options underneath one and it, it gets crazy. I only watched the three major things and went down one or two paths on the other one and I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. But the shorts are well worth it. They're really good.
3: It's just I just looked. It's only like fifteen bucks for the Blu-ray, so I'll be getting that. Yeah,
0: they're they're really, really good shorts. And if you're patient, the Batman one's kind of cool. It just gets old because of the options. Like if you buy it digitally, I think you only get one, one of like Robin dies. Like I don't think you can go through all the options.
3: I don't know. That might be a good thing then. It 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 might be.
0: (laughs) They do have some interesting aspects to it though
3: yeah it looks like you get a digital code with it so you could watch it either way that would be nice yeah yeah now i was gonna ask if uh i know you had seen um eternals i was gonna say see if anybody else had seen eternals
1: i've heard of it i haven't seen it
3: you've heard of it (laughs) (laughs) what is that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: is that a is that a new movie? Yeah, that's, that's the
3: new DC movie. Oh no, <laughs> the, no, I have Jack Kirby's seen it Fourth World. Oh, I liked. No, <laughs> I've been to see that one. I liked it a
0: lot. It was really good. <laughs> I saw it. I, 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 there was
3: a couple of things, very minor things, I would say against it, but in general, I, I really liked it. Yeah, we we went and saw it today.
1: Yeah, we yeah. do want to see. Uh, Mike knows that that Stacy's been reading the comic book. Stacy's yeah. a comic book reader now.
3: Nice.
0: I think the movie made me appreciate the comic book more because oh I definitely think, I think I think what the movie does really well is it establishes the characters and like their motives and what the world mind is and what like all the weird stuff that they don't really get into in the comic book it's just there you know it's just the the it seems like they delve in like the purpose of the celestial and all this stuff and I think if you watch the movie. And then delve into Kirby's uh, comic books, and you know the Karen Gillan story. Y- you just like get so much more out of it. Yeah, like it it just adds on to the complexity of what what the st- overall story is. I I couldn't have said it better myself,
3: Mike, about the thing with the characters. I think the main thing I came out of it with, I mean, I went into knowing like Icarus and Cersei and Sprite and Gilgamesh because it. he was a v- Avenger. <laughs> True. But in general, like everybody else gets kind of mixed up in my head. Oh and yeah. This one, yeah. Yeah. Watching it. I'm like, okay, now I know who everybody is. Now it, I know who, what everybody does.
0: Exactly. It makes the Karen Gillan one, like way better. Like
3: yeah, totally. the, the
0: murder, cause you know, it's a mystery, but now you know what those characters are, like their personalities right. and their motives and, what their abilities are, where it really doesn't explore them in in the comic book, you, you get like one or two panels, but you don't actually see it.
3: Well, I'll have to I'll have to send you a couple of messages later, Mike, since you're the only one who's seen it besides me about some things I really liked because I don't want to ruin it for anybody.
0: Yeah, I, I told Rob already, which I'm I'm releasing uh uh without spoiling it. I just told him what I liked is I still am conflicted with the movie as to who's good or bad, like what side mm. I would land on. Sure. Because the complexity of it is, is really like, if you look at like the goals and what, what a celestial does and what it means, like who's mm-hmm. right. Like it, it's right. so it's, it raises so much complex questions that you could like talk for hours on it. You know? Because, oh yeah.
3: It's a, it's a deep sci-fi movie at its heart.
0: Yeah. And I, and I I I still after two weeks or whatever it is I I still don't know what side I would land on, because <laughs> it is so complicated.
3: Well, I mean, and, and I'm I'll an go, Earthling, ta- so I would side for with Earth. <laughs> 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 like the Indian fellow, I'm like I'm I, I'm no, human, so I'm biased. <laughs> no,
0: but you do not. You like don't look at the big picture. Like you're right. if you're an Eternal, and you, what your purpose is yes, you, you've been on Earth for this and you've, you've learned to love humanity, but it gets down to that Kirk, the lives of the many or whatever he says versus the few. The,
2: the needs of the many. Yeah. That way, the needs of the few?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what it comes down to because right. you have to see the movie to see the complexity of it, but golly, I mean it's it's pretty incredible like if if you look at it and if you i highly recommend after you watch it go reread gillen's eternals you'll just get like 10 more levels of sophistication of the story because now those characters have more background and i i think more people would enjoy it yeah, it gave it gave everybody a face for me because
3: oh, yeah. you know, yeah, because they just kind of blended together for me for for years.
0: Yeah, I like I, I I dug it. It's a really good good movie. I want to know
2: more about Rob's wife reading comics. Is this a is it just for Eternals or is she
1: reading oh, other things? Oh, she she's reading all she's reading all sorts of things. Um, I I can't even remember. Um it's mostly i don't know what draw her drew her to eternals it's probably the only um marvel or dc that she's that she's reading mostly it's um it's other other publishers whether it's aftershock or image or whatever uh just you know non superhero type stuff um but yeah so it's past several several months now and what's going on a year um, it, to the point where like a lot of times she's like, Oh, this particular book looks, looks interesting. You know, are you going to get it? And I'll, uh, you know, I'll say, if it's one that I'm getting, I'll say, yeah. And then after I read it, I put it aside and then, so she can read it too. And, but more, even I'd say 50, 50, sometimes she's just picking ones that I, that I wasn't even, I haven't, I wasn't planning on getting. She's just, she's just picking them up and reading them. Now are
2: you having to instruct her, going, baby? This Captain America is very valuable. Hard <laughs> for me to find in near man condition, so please be careful with
1: this. No, no, no. She's yeah. She's no, probably I mean,
0: she probably only wants to read like the new stuff. I would imagine. It. It's
1: just it's just new stuff, and 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 we've talked um before. I think on retro, we were talking about that feud between those comic book shops.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and so you know she's a she's a big fan of the the one that sells the coffee and the bubble tea and stuff like that. And yeah. So that you know it's
0: just that a very that influenced her there. a little bit. Yeah. It real
1: it really did. So she's yeah. got a whole pull list going now, and uh you know she's on on their Facebook page and you know every every week they they send out a little post with the final order cut off for everything and she goes through it and. Does what she wants to put aside she, apart from her poll list, you know.
0: You need to take her to Eternals and then tell her to reread that series.
1: Yeah, and I'll probably um, read read yeah. that, um, <laughs> what's out at this point too. At that, yeah. you know, after that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that's really cool. The thing yeah. I the thing I didn't realize was I, I've never realized this until recently. I had I mean, it came from a question from Barb, and. She asked me about Thanos, and I said, "Well, Th- Thanos is a Titan, you know. He's a deviant, right? So I had to go. I actually had to go Google and trace that. Like <laughs> I did not know that. Oh,
3: well, that how, did I, how did I? How did I miss man. that? Yeah. That birth of Thanos issue was really good.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, that was interesting. I never. Because that opens up a whole can of worms with the infinity stuff and uh, and being you know related to the titans. Yep. Because you have all of the brothers and sisters of Thanos. I mean, it, you have the Gardener and all those crazy characters. So. Yeah. The Collector, right? He's a Titan, and the Grandmaster. So it's pretty uh it's pretty big. But uh let's get into our books. Who wants to go first?
3: I'll go. I I told Kristen I was trying to get off of here by 9:30 at the latest. So, yeah. okay. good. you, got, you got 2 minutes. I'm in Central. I'm in Central Time Zone, buddy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay.
2: Oh yeah, 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 Sorry. So, don't, anyway. don't mess with us East Coasters, Joe. Come on, now you're showing off.
3: <laughs> All right, so uh, I picked Unexpected, number 177, and that's from February 1977. It's got a kid looking longingly at a bubble gum machine that's filled with gumballs and demon heads and eyeballs and others kind of uh, fun things. And uh, it's 30 cents on the cover price. So the first story we'll do is a reward for the uh, re- reward for the wicked. And it's uh, George Cashton and Alfred Alcala. I think that's how you say his name. Anyway, so it opens up and there's this swamp and there's three hunters and they're wading through the swamp. And you get to the bottom of the page and there's this lady standing with three individuals who are kind of, I don't know, looking a little horrific or shady or something. And she's thinking... Well, she's going to be ready for these hunters by the time they get to her. Then we go back to, uh, looks like, either Britain or America on some fancy estate. We have a man talking, and he's talking to these three hunters, and he's hiring them to go find his daughter because she's left their palatial home. So then we go back to the swamp again, and uh, the first of the hunters, a male, has been jumped. And he gets beat up by these people who had been standing with her earlier. And he wakens and the people are surrounding him and he looks up and he realizes that they're all lepers. So what has happened, the daughter of this millionaire or what have you, has uh, adopted a leper's colony and run away from home because she didn't like her father. She thought he was evil and she's been taking care of the residents in the leper colony. And uh, one of the other hunters, another man, because there's two men and a woman... uh, overhears uh, what's going on, and he's going to turn her in. But before he gets a chance to grab her, the final hunter, a female, comes in and kills him. So the one good hunter, the one who is initially beat up and founds out that it's a leopard colony, he tracks her down, and in the confrontation, she falls down a cliff and is eaten by crocodiles. And like I was saying earlier, this is all in like six pages. It goes really quick. So he leaves the Harris and promises that he'll never tell anyone where she is. And then there's there's like this little drum that I feel like gets beat a lot in this issue. And I've read a lot of Unexpecteds, and I don't remember this before. But in the closing, it says, her escape was complete. Her safety now a certainty by the unexpected promise of the man who had pledged to track her down. So... Over and over, they're going to use the word unexpected, and I don't. Maybe I wasn't paying attention before, but has anybody read it and noticed that before? No. Okay. So
2: I, they really I've like. Read I, I just in a yeah, Long time.
0: I just read one recently because it was a Sylvester one, and it, I don't remember that happening.
3: Okay. Well, just remember that's that may come up again. So the next one we got is dang, death is dangerous to your health. And that was by Carl Wesler and the artist is Rubini. Um, That's a
0: true statement.
3: <laughs> that is dangerous to your, <laughs> you, you, your you, right.
0: You can't, you can't uh, argue with that. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh. So th- this is a guy who's obsessed with germs. His name's Leslie Ca- Leslie Cower, and you see him. He's laying in his bed, and he's like freaking out. He's like, ah, these germs. And what he's seeing is like these giant bugs and maggots and worms and all this stuff is kind of crawling around on him. So he's like, somebody come in here, fumigate the room. I can't sleep. So two of his helpers come in, a male and a female, like, put on your surgical mask. You can't breathe around me. Fumigate this place. And he's like, give me my surgical gloves. So he wears surgical gloves. Uh, They get on their mask. They get him out of his bed, get his surgical gloves on. And as he's walking to breakfast, he's like, you didn't fumigate the room. Ah. And you see like these huge like dog sized germs. So like as the further the story goes, the germs just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then abruptly, the story takes a left turn. There's a burglar break in and he happens to find the gloves that are just laying around. He puts them on. You know, because that way he won't leave fingerprints while he's breaking into the safe. And somehow Leslie Cower comes in and goes, ugh, you're death incarnate. And he strangles him. So the moral of the story is if you worry about germs, you're going to get strangled in your sleep at night by a burglar who will get off scot-free because he's wearing your gloves. (laughs) I don't know. It was a really weird one. That is a weird one. (laughs) Who wrote that one? That one was Carl Wessler. But then once again, it ends with this. Carl uh, Leslie Cower came to a sudden and unexpected, unexpected end when he was choked to death by his own preventative gloves. And I was just like, that is such a weird little story. And I'm telling you, like, these germs are like the size of, like, a Rottweiler. They're huge. Do you, do you get the impression that
1: he's imagining the size of the germs or that they're really that big?
3: Oh, no. Yeah, he's, he's imagining it. Okay. This, but like I said, it's so weird. It's like you're thinking it's gonna have something to do with the germs, and then it takes a left turn, and you're like, no, you just happen to have gloves laying around, so the guy was able to like rob him and kill him. So weird. Okay, so the granddaddy of them all, the final story is "Death is the Prize," and this is the uh, the the cover story, if you will, of the little kid who's getting a gumball out of the machine. And this is a doozy. So this is, uh once again, by George Cashton. And John Rosenberger is... Uh, or Rosenberger is the artist. So, this little boy, and he's trying to get a prize out of the gumball machine. And he can't get it to come out. And this old man comes up and he's like, oh, I took my last nickel. Can you help me? And the old man, like, reaches out of his pocket and pulls out a gumball. And he says, like, Oh, here's a plain gumball you can have. So... Okay, so the guy's giving him a gumball out of his pocket, so what's up with this? So we flashback, and this old man and another guy (laughs) are in a room with a chimp, and he's like, watch me give this chimp some candy. So he gives some, like, I don't know, it doesn't say gumball, it says confection in the story. And, like, the chimp eats the candy, of course, and he rings a bell, and the bell makes him go crazy. He, like, gets really big, and he has this weird clown doll, and he rips the arms off the clown doll, but then in a couple of minutes, everything goes back to normal, and he's just a really sad monkey with his ripped-up clown doll. But the man watching it um, says, what is this all about? And he's like, well, this is my plan to kill your partner. We're going to dope his kid with a gumball, and then he's going to kill his dad after we call his house and ring the phone, right? So the bell on the phone will trigger the gumball that's in the kid's system, and he'll kill Pops, which is your partner. There you go. That makes sense, right? Okay, so, so back to this gum kid. The old man's like, hey, chew the gum. And the kid's like, nah, I wanted a prize. Plus, my mom says it's bad for my teeth. And this is one thing I noticed in the, in the story. Like, this kid size keeps changing. So, like, on the cover, <laughs> he, looks, he looks like five years old on the cover. When the story starts, he looks like, I don't know, maybe eight. And by the time he gets to the point where the guy's like, hey, chew the gumball, he's like a teenager. Uh. I mean, nothing against the artist, but, like, it's all over the map. Like, he can't get a grasp of how old this kid's actually supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway, so he can't chew the gum because it's going to rot his teeth. So the gum isn't
0: causing him to age. (laughs) No, that
3: (laughs) makes more sense. Well, he hasn't even chewed it yet. So this gumball, I mean, this is a hell of a gumball. So he gets home, (laughs) and his mom's like all mad. She's like, what are you doing with the gumball? And he's like, "Uh, can I just have it? No, throw it away. Uh, No, uh, get rid of it. And I'm like, why didn't she just have it throw it away? I mean, if it offends her so much, it's a nickel gumball. Throw it in the trash. Even in 77, my mom would have just made me throw a piece of gum away. She wouldn't have made me go back out into the streets to get rid of it. But whatever. That
2: goes in the garbage.
3: So, okay. So he's
0: down That sounds like when Kirk brings a box of new comics into the house. (laughs) Just put them back outside.
3: (laughs) So... He goes down to the corner trying to get rid of this gumball. So, like, kids are coming up. He's like, Well, what do you trade for it? How about a jackknife? No, nah, I can get something better than that. Who trades a freaking jackknife for a piece of gum? <laughs> Whatever. So, then somebody comes and offers him a baseball card. Somebody offers him a pocket comb. Somebody offers him a comic book. Nope, nope. He's not getting rid of this gumball for any of that stuff. Anyway, this Angus Young-looking dude comes in. He's got, like, the little ball cap and the boy's uh, short suit on. He offers him a pin. Oh, wow, what a beauty. Sure, I'll take that. I'm like, what the bleep? I mean, kids are so hard up in 1977 for, like, gum that they're willing to trade, like, their Sergeant Rock for a gumball. That's crazy (laughs)
4: to me. Yeah. But whatever.
3: So the old man uh, this whole time is still trying to figure out if the kid has chewed the gum. And he he uh, tracks the kid down. He's like, who's back to six again, by the way. He's like shrunk yet again. So he's not a teenager. He's like, you got the gum. He's like, no, I gave it away to that Angus Young looking dude. And <laughs> so anyway, we see the guy who was planning the murder with him at his house. The guy who's going to kill the partner. And Angus, of course, walks in. Hiya, unk. So this is unexpected. You weren't supposed to be home so soon. Once again, unexpected. Well, I was expelled from school. I was chewing too much gum. And you literally see him like pulling the gumball back and forth in his mouth. Well, what should happen next? But the doorbell rings. It's the old man at the door. But they forgot about the fact that he gave Angus the gumball. So now he's gone solemn and grundy with fangs and he kills the both of them. Um, cops get there. Angus is crying. There's two corpses and the grisly irony they themselves would be their own unexpected victims. So there you go. That was your issue of unexpected. And as cheesy as that last story was, I actually really did enjoy it.
0: Who was Uh, the creative team on that?
3: That one was Cashton again, and the artist was um, John Rosenberger. So he's the guy that can't draw kids. He couldn't get the kid right, mm. but I mean, it's it, if you can get over the premise being ridiculous that somebody would give like a jackknife for uh, a gumball. I mean, I might give somebody a jackknife power bomb for a gumball, but that'd be about it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving them like a phone. Fo- uh, that'd be like somebody giving them like a phone these days. Hey, give me your iPhone, and I'll, I'll give you a piece of gum. I don't get it. But <laughs> it was good stuff. I always enjoy the uh, that series. Unexpected. But, yeah, and the letters page, like I said, was really weird. It was all stuff like, hey, I'm going to be in England. Where's a good place to go see some ghosts? And uh, another place was like – another one was like just an essay about haunted houses this guy had been to. It was really weird.
0: You should ask – you should take gum next time you see Kirk and see if he'll give you some (laughs) comics. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, Yeah. just say, I'll give you this gumball for that that showcase number four. What, what do well, you say?
2: Like the, uh, um, Gatorade gum from the 80s. I'm probably going go to gonna have
0: the comics. It'll replenish your electrolytes. Come on. It's Gatorade right? gum. They don't even sell it anymore.
3: That's true. Man, imagine how stale that would be. <laughs> well, I'll go next.
1: I've got... Uh... Weird War Tales today, number 123.
0: Nice. I'm I'm doing Weird War Almost Tales. At
1: the end. Yep. Towards the end, we have a cover by Joe Kubert. Only one man could save Earth from alien conquest, but he's dead, and that leaves it all up to this woman. So this is actually the first story from the cover, and uh, it's a news reporter uh, reporting on just a little, you know, end piece of the half hour, uh, local news that, um, a guy that, uh, played, uh, Captain Spaceman in the 1950s, um, uh, Harry Dodge. He, he, he was found dead in his, his, uh, rundown, uh, East Side hotel room and, uh, dead at 66. So she gets off, um, off the newscast and the producer says, you know, we're actually, once want you to do a follow-up, you know, go to the, you know, go to the hotel and and get, get get us a story about, you know, his his last years. So, uh, so she goes there with her cameraman and starts talking to the guy that, I don't know, it doesn't say that he's the, he's the landlord or anything, but he's, he's there at the, in the, you know at the apartment or at the hotel i guess and um he's got all this merchandise all this fan merchandise from captain spaceman and stuff and he's so it seems like he's totally crazy um so that you know that he didn't just die of a heart attack it was an alien a gorilla guy that killed him and that you know this this that and the other and um just as they're starting to get more of the story the lady's uh boss calls and They they need them back at the at the studio. So comes back and the anchor is reporting that Earth is under siege from hostile aliens, and it's giving you live pictures at Central Park and Paris and Rome, et cetera, et cetera, of these um, spaceships coming and destroying all these landmarks. And uh, sure enough, the next uh, picture is a picture of this gorilla man, um, you know, saying that the Earth is is defenseless and. That um you know everyone needs to surrender or, or there's going to be more destruction the, destruction and um so, so this news this uh this female news reporter can't can't believe it she's like, you gotta let me on the air and uh, she jumps on the air and so she starts uh, explaining um, everything that um, she kind of learned when when she was at the hotel and um, she says you know that that we're in trouble because the invaders are saying um, we're defenseless and, and sure enough, um, you know, Captain Spaceman is dead. Um, however, she says, you know, he, he died to save all of us. And perhaps, um, you know, if there's enough people that believe in what he stood for, uh, maybe hope isn't lost. And then it has all these um, cut scenes, different um, middle-aged men, um remembering their fond their fond memories of captain spaceman from the 1950s on on tv and getting out their little decoder rings and their plastic um their plastic badges and their their pretend rocket ranger ray guns and stuff and um the next thing you know on 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 screen on the tv are all these people including that nut from the hotel they're all dressed in the same captain uh Captain Spaceman outfit which is very similar uh to Adam Strange's outfit, just to give you an idea. And they're they're shooting ray guns and flying around on a rocket packs and they they totally route the um the space invaders and the space invaders go flying back off into space and you know, at the end the uh, the news reporter uh makes a you know, has has another um report and saying that, you know, skeptics are saying it was a mass illusion and or a hoax or whatever, but, you know, maybe the answer is different that Captain, you know, any time that evil uh, is out in the world, Captain Spaceman will be waiting. So that was the first one, and that was by uh, Dan Mishkin and Gary Cohn as the writers, and Rich uh, Rich Buckler was the artist. Nice. Mm-hmm. The second one is set, um, this one was a little... A little strange it was just very straightforward um but it's by robert kaniger and um art by rick Estrada, and it's set in the aztec period of time um and it's just detailing a uh, aztec priest who does ritual sacrifice um for um their god quetzalcoatl um and you know basically if they're able to do a human sacrifice they feel like they're basically um unbeatable that they can't be even hurt um so there's a spanish scout uh looking around and he sneaks into the plaza where the temple is and he gets ambushed by the aztecs and they bring him uh to the temple and he sacrifices his uh, heart is ripped out and um he's beheaded and his head is thrown on a pile of skulls and um the priest is smiling saying that the gods the gods are pleased, and Uh, the Aztecs will reign forever. Um, but sure enough, who, who comes, but the the Spanish with, uh, Cortez and, uh, they're all on horses and in front is a, is a banner with that has a a heart with a cross. And, um, as soon as they kind of see that the Aztecs get a little frightened, but, um, you know, they're, they're definitely, uh, going to protect themselves. They, they, the the spanish but spanish are able to pretty much uh do away with them very very quickly with their um with their rifles and uh finally the uh cortez climbs the steps to the to the temple and the priest uh says that you know legends have always said that the god you know that their god would return from beyond the seas and um what they didn't um what they didn't expect was that he was come that he come as an invader and that they're powerless before his conquering heart which again they're showing the big banner and uh sure enough cortez uh kills the priest and he goes falling down the stairs and um cortez says you know we've conquered the valley of mexico the heathens could not bar the way and then there's a, a skeleton uh spanish Um, soldier in the corner that says, you know, Mexico won its independence from um, from Spain was occupied by France in the 1860s, that all conquerors worship their own savage gods, but they pay homage to only me, uh, and it's implying death. So that was that one. The last one um, was my favorite. It is The Last Lesson, and it's by Howard Post, and Jerome K. Moore and Fred Carrillo are the artists and uh starts in 1934 and there's a, and a in germany and there's a young um young boy he's 15 years old he's in in class at the hitler youth um school and he's very very proud to be there they're asking questions like you hear your parents saying bad thing about the fuhrer um what you do and he's you know, he stands up right away and says, turn him over to the Gestapo and so on and so forth. So, um, the next day he comes, he comes home and showing off a prize that he won for school for his good work. And, um, they said, well, what, what did you win? They said, he says a statue of our, a bust of our beloved Fuhrer. And, uh, his mom says the next day will reward you with a bust of the devil himself. So of course that angers, um, the, the young boy and he warns, uh, uh, his mom not to say that. So the boy, oh, by the way, is Ulrich Kiel. Uh, so I don't have to keep saying the boy it's Ulrich. Um, his dad comes home and, uh, said, you know, apologizes for being late saying that he was uh, talking to Fritz Romberg at the hospital and some of, uh, Hitler stormtroopers gamed up and, and beat him with a club. And, um, you know, Ulrich is, is, isn't, isn't sympathetic at all. It turns out Romberg is, is Jewish, and he, he says that, you know, they should be, that's reason enough to be um, beaten up. And his dad said, well, you know, what is going on with you? What's wrong with you? It's like, you know, when, when your mother was in the hospital with an operation, you know, we stayed at their house and they, they fed you and clothed you. And, and, uh, and he says, you know, God's going to punish you for your remarks. And so the boy says Hitler is our God, um, and he's going to punish you for your remarks. And so they make it a point of talking about the Ten Commandments on this one. At this point, and uh, so he that the parents start yelling at him, send him to his room without dinner, and uh, you know he's he's uh, got a picture, of course, of Adolf in his room, and he's uh, hiling it there. And uh, the next day he goes ahead and he provides information about his parents at school and that night the Gestapo come, uh, take his parents away. And he's, you see him smiling at the window and, um, uh, he's, and then he's going to be sent to a special Hitler youth camp. So he continues to rise up in the ranks until by 1941, he's a Lieutenant in the Gestapo. And, uh, you see him just, you know, doing all these different things. And, um, finally they're in Poland and, and he, uh, he in, insists on a local mayor to give out information of some um, resistors, and you know he he refuses, and they take him away. And his the mayor's wife has said, "Please, you know, you can't can't do this to him." And uh, he says, "Well, maybe, you know, my 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 wife is back in Berlin, and the nights are cold. Maybe if you know you come uh, to my room, we can do something." And so it starts saying like the different commandments, like "Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife." And not only does he have his way with the mayor's wife, but he he orders um his forces to shoot and kill the mayor anyhow um and uh, bury him in an unmarked grave so you know thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not take the name of God in vain and in nineteen forty three um it continues on and uh he's doing a, a basically they're they're attacking um seven days um, a week. And so they say below, remember to keep the Sabbath, to keep it holy. And so it's going on and on, you know, just explaining how he's, he's, uh, going against all of the commandments. So finally they end up getting, uh, um, uh, getting some information about this, uh, Jewish, um, artist that's hiding out and he's a famous sculptor. Um, so, uh, Ulrich is very, um, uh, wants to get a hold of him because he want, actually wants to make money off of his art. So it says, thou shalt not steal. They um, bust in as he's, as he's making a sculpture. And uh, Ulrich says, you know, I'm going to you know, increase the value of your work. And he goes ahead and kills him. And so of course it says, thou shalt not kill. Um, and his, his soldier that is with him say, oh, don't forget my share. And he turns around and shoots, shoots, <laughs> shoots his soldier too. And uh, buries them both together. The the sculptor and, and his, his Jewish, and his uh, German soldier. And uh, so he's sitting back in this, in this, um, in this cottage, relaxing with all these sculptures around. There's, um you know, one playing a violin, another one with an, an axe, and there's one that looks like Moses. And, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, David, Samson, and Moses. So uh, he's sitting there, he's like, oh, I can almost hear the harp. It's like, wait a minute, I do, I do hear it. And one statue falls and almost uh falls on top of him and he runs out of the way and he runs towards the door only for it to be blocked as Moses falls over and um collapses right on top of him. And a little note that two years later, um America's GIs beat the Nazis back out of France and a Howitzer shell reopens the sealed studio and they see just a bones um just collapsed, uh with with a, a Moses uh statue on top of it. He says Look, Willie, old man Moses knocked the Nazi brass with the knocked out the Nazi brass with the Ten Commandments, and the other guy says, "Yeah, that'll teach them." And that was the end. Uh, it was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I want to dig that one back out and read that. Yeah, that's right towards the end too. Uh, There's only I one more issue. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't to look it up. See how, how far away it was from the end. But yeah, I just I picked that up uh, within the past year, and it's just kind of been sitting in the pile for, uh, you know, our, our shows. But, like, yeah, I'm going to, going to read this one.
0: Very cool. I remember that,
2: that, that cover, it didn't strike me as a, a war comic cover, but then. Yeah. Cause it's kind out. of sci-fi, right? Yeah. 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 I guess at the end there, it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I, think, a, <laughs> I we, think weird war could be any time, any kind of war, even future war. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, for sure, but I mean, for all you know, they could have written that story for you know Strange Tales or
0: uh, Time War. Well, I mean,
1: mystery in space rather, or <laughs> Mystery in space. Yeah, so especially well, towards you the know, end,
0: because yep. towards the end they were canceling all those books. Exactly. So, so. Well,
3: that was like that one issue of Unexpected I did a few months back with you guys, where like it had like seven different hosts in it or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah entirely, that's like. Right. Every, Everything was left over, and they just threw it all in that issue. Yep.
0: (laughs) Throw all the inventory stories that they've done over the years. (laughs) Put them out there and get the last few issues out.
2: I I assume the artists were paid when they turned it in and not necessarily when it was published.
0: I would think think so. so. Yeah, I think that's how it works. I was just reading about Deathlock and. In uh, back issue magazine, and uh, there was an unpublished deathlock that was supposed to come up in the Max line, and uh, it was never published by uh, Way. And uh, it it he got paid. He says, "I got paid." <laughs> it was one of the first mm. works he got hired for. Did it, and then it never came out. So. Yep. I'm sure there's well, a lot of stories. With, uh, wasn't
3: that the whole thing with? the whole thing with Atlas? Is uh, basically uh, Martin Goodman's like, you've got all these stories. Why are we paying these guys to be here? So they would have already been paid for the stories, and you like sent them all home because they had the massive inventory, and then they <laughs> ran Atlas for years with basically just him and Kirby, wasn't it? You know, because yeah. yeah. they had so much stuff built up. Right. So yeah, I think they they get paid when they do it.
1: Yeah, that's what I,
0: that's my understanding. Do you want to go next, Kirk, or do you want me to? I can go. All right.
2: Well, since it's War Comics Month, you know I'm going to pick a War Comic. So I picked All-American Men of War, number 69.
0: You mean there's not a binky? Come on. There's got to be a, there's got to be a binky War Month (laughs) cover. Binky goes to war. Binky goes <laughs> to war.
2: Well, there's a series right there. Binky gets drafted into NOM, and that, <laughs> that homicidal friend of his that's the rival <laughs> gets, gets drafted too. Yeah. And will they kill the
1: Viet Cong,
2: or will they kill each other?
1: <laughs> it we were just its talking thrill. about that re- recently, how like, you made it sound like it was terrific. Like you hated that... <laughs> that issue, but you made it sound terrific to
3: I, know. I He just I, sold me on uh, Binky. And uh, Is he fighting the Kong or is he fighting his buddy? I'm ready. <laughs> I know.
2: Let's make this happen. Give me a call, DC. <laughs>
4: Alright,
2: so this All-American Men of War, this issue features a wonderful cover by, in my opinion, the greatest cover artist of all time, Mr. Joe Kubert, And... The cover is based on his lead tank killer story, and I I love Joe Hubert, and I love Snow. So this story was, I had high expectations, and it did not disappoint.
0: What was the number?
2: And it opens with number 69.
0: 69. That's a good year. 69,
2: dude. Yeah. It opens with a caption box saying, there are all kinds of schools and all kinds of classes. But the tank killers had to get 100% on every test, or school would close for them forever. And this tale is called Bazooka Hill. The story begins with Tank Killer, or TK as the unit calls him, who grabs his assistant to go out tank hunting. The young soldier carries the bazooka for TK as they go out on patrol, saying he wants to be the one to fire at this time. T.K. tells him, sure, when the kid is old enough to shave. They stick to the snow-covered road as the woods are filled with frozen bogs. They soon come across a tank. The kid is told to take cover in the woods while T.K. begins making these strange markings in the snow. As the tank gets closer, T.K. joins the kid and gets ready for some action. When the tank reaches these strange marks in the snow, they yell out, that there's mines and they pull off onto the side of the road. Tank is now in position and TK fires the bazooka causing the tank to explode. Later the kid is trying to clean up back at camp and TK comes and gets him for another patrol. They're making their way across the frozen clearing heading for the cover of the woods. Suddenly a Nazi tank emerges from the edge of the woods cutting them off. TK tosses a smoke grenade for some cover and sets up for combat. The tank comes through the smoke. It is met with an armor-piercing rocket courtesy of the tank killer. As the duo marches back to camp, the young soldier again states his desire to fire the bazooka, asking if he will ever have a, a chance, or will he have a gray beard when his chance finally comes. T.K. coyly responds that the kid will have to grow a beard first. They jump ahead to T.K. collecting his pupil for another patrol. They're checking an area where intelligence says there is a tank. TK plants some TNT for a booby trap. As they finish, the tank appears on its own patrol. The tank is destroyed by the TNT booby trap. The kid accuses TK of using TNT so he wouldn't have to get a chance to fire the bazooka himself. As they continue their patrol, they sight another tank with infantry guarding it. T.K. gathers all their grenades to go distract the infantry while leaving the kid with the rocket. T.K. successfully leads the infantry away while the kid faces down the tank alone. He fires the rocket. Nothing. No no response. The tank continues grinding forward. Finally, in what feels like an eternity for the kid, the tank explodes. The kid takes cover, leaving the bazooka, which is destroyed by the still rolling tank. T.K. gathers the kid and promises to get him a new bazooka for the next patrol. The kid tells T.K. there's no hurry, no hurry at all. That ends the first story of the tank killer. There's a one-page history of the Ohio military units, which obviously made me think of our buddy Professor Allen. And the next story is an awesome tale called Somewhere Upstairs. It's illustrated by Mort Drucker, most famous for his work on M.A.D., And it focuses on two Navy pilot brothers, one an ace, one a rookie. They take off together, but the flyers are told to stay in formation while the ace flies above them in a solo patrol. Younger brother gets jealous and wants to get upstairs to become an ace like his big brother. They soon battle a pack of zeros. The kid downs some enemy flyers, lamenting being stuck downstairs. The Americans spot more enemy flyers heading towards the ship. They engage, and the kid proves to be an ace. The ship is saved. The older brother tells the younger brother it took him months to become an ace. How did he do it in one day? The kid replies he guesses it was because he never got upstairs. The last story in this issue feels very relatable to me as I try to fix my grandparents' house and my own house and dealing with children destroying everything I own. (laughs) <laughs> this one's called Nothing Works. It opens, it opens with a jeep under artillery fire trying to escape in a heavy downpour. Jeep conks out, and an enemy t- patrol advances on the jeep, so the driver jumps in the back to man the machine gun. The machine gun won't fire. It's flooded from the rain. The GI dives under the jeep for cover, grabbing his M1. He takes aim at the troops that are advancing and his rifle won't fire either. Apparently, it's also flooded from laying in the back of the jeep. Some Nazis come up to inspect to see if he's still alive, and he jumps out, surprising them. grabs a weapon from one of the Germans and heads for cover. He aims the captured machine gun, only to discover it's empty. He sees a grenade coming at him and dives for cover. Nothing happens. The grenade is a dud. He charges the enemy position and sends them scattering, as he tosses the dug grenade at them. He defeats the scattered Nazis in hand to hand combat, closed with the GI setting off in the rain, carrying his cargo of ammo from the back of the Jeep, saying there is something that always works. The man. This was this was a great issue. Three three wonderful stories in the history of the Ohio military regiment.
0: Do you know if Tank Killer and No Binky. Did you know if Tank Killer ever appeared again?
2: Well, this is not his first appearance. I think it's his first in All American Men of War. He appeared, I think, the first appearance is in GI Combat.
0: Because uh, I was looking, I was looking at it on eBay, and it says first Tank Killer.
2: Yeah, he's a he's a recurring character, but not not uh like like a sergeant rock or anything he's more i don't know if you remember big al little al and charlie cigar they got a few appearances and then that was kind of it as dc was trying to establish some recurring characters
0: ah i never heard of tank killer Killer. before Mm -mm. that's why i asked
2: he didn't stick around which surprises me i don't know I don't know if he just didn't sell or the guys are like, look, I don't want to draw a tank multiple times in every story. Look, <laughs> they're, they're like, that could, that uh, Sergeant
0: Rock takes down tanks all the time and he took down more tanks than tank killers, so. <laughs> well,
2: a tank killer was going, I mean, every patrol he got a tank and he went on like four patrols in this one 12-page story. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Joe Kubert might have told the editor like, look, dude. We've already got the haunted tank. We, gotta, we, we can't do <laughs> tank killer too. All
4: right.
0: So uh, my book is uh, Weird War Tales 113 which is...
1: Oh wow, <laughs> we were months from each other. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I, I I picked this because I've read all the other... I went on... Uh, I'm a 90s guy and uh, I went on a tear to get all of Silvestri's early DC works and I had read all the other ones and this was the only one that I was missing. So um he he did a lot of he only did like four issues for for DC and they were all in the books that were going away essentially. But uh he has some art in this. It's the third story on Weird World Tales. This this cover features uh, Jake two. This is the first appearance of uh, GI Robot uh, number two, Jake two, and because uh, Jake two was destroyed, I think in one eleven or before that, and uh, this is the first time that the new GI Robot shows up, and he has he's taking on a, a, G, a, a samurai uh robot. Which looks indestructible. But the opening story to this. Has like the you know death opening it up. And that's a pretty awesome first page. Because he's like introducing the story. But he has in the background is like this futuristic tank. And it looks awesome. It's like launching all kinds of rockets. It looks like a sci-fi tank. But then it jumps into uh, the story of and it takes place on a Japanese island and there's a no man's land and there's an airfield in that no man's land and several of these guys are are trying to get there and they end up dying trying to get into no man's land because they want to clear the area so a plane can bring supplies and food and uh, the Japanese won't let them land and we won't let the Japanese claim the airfield either so we're both fighting over an airfield that nobody essentially owns, and uh, they don't have Jake, so they're they're struggling um, and they're losing lives on their patrols as they go forth. And the Japanese bring out, they say, well, they had they had a robot. Well, we're bringing up an, another indestructible robot, and he looks like a samurai. So the samurai warrior kills out kills the entire first platoon like they're they're nothing. Like he he slaughters them all. And then when the next platoon gets there, it looks like they're gonna get slaughtered, but the before a kamikaze plane takes out the supply train uh supply plane for the United States, um, a box falls out of the plane and it's it's a Jake. So they bring it to the medics and they say, put together the robot and they let the robot, they, they build the robot, but he's not responding to their commands at all. So they're like, well, why did we put this together? It's not working. So they decide to go take on the Samurai Warrior without Jake, and it's not going well. The bullets are bouncing off of him. They throw grenades. He comes out of the grenades. They're like, oh, crap, we're, we're in trouble. And finally, Jake boots himself up and uh, goes to fight the Samurai and uh, gets his butt kicked. The samurai rips his head. It, it's exactly what's on the cover. So like you you talk about like the scene of a cover matching the the storyline. The the samurai warrior takes off Jake's head and just pulls his head completely off, and it's attached by uh, electronic cable. And uh, it looks like he took out Jake, but then Jake <laughs> Jake takes his head. His arms and he he beats the hell out of the samurai with his head. He just like <laughs> his head is is barely attached and he uses it as like a a hammer device and hammers the hell out of the samurai until it's destroyed. And uh, they go to go repair uh, Jake, but he's the new GI robot. I thought it was pretty pretty good story. That was uh, who was this by? This was by Robert Kaniger and Fred Carrillo. So it was a pretty good story. The next one, a lot of these stories use, like, real-world events and uh, to try to show you, like, how many people die because of an incident. And uh, this is called the Wall wal incident, and it happened near Ethiopia with the Italians and Ethiopians. And it sort of just happened because one guard, Italian soldier, decided to shoot at a bird which caused a lot of death. Because it it fired off like a war between the Ethiopians and the Italians. So that was the short. And then there's a, an ad for uh, Teen Titans with the Brother Blood story arc. And during this time, they also had those mini series with Teen Titans, and they had this one features Raven. Oh it yeah, focus with on spotlight. A spotlight, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the story that I, I wanted to see his art, the Silvestri art. So it's uh, this one's by Martin Pasco, with Mark Silvestri inked by Larry Modstant. and you can definitely tell. Especially in the, the humans, because this is like an alien human story, that uh, it is Silvestri. So uh, his style is, is definitely there, and even in the structure of the aliens. But uh, what this is this, this story has been told like a bazillion times how people of Earth misuse our environment and eventually leads to our destruction so we can't live on earth anymore well that's what happened here we we ran the the ozone and everything to crap and it's no longer livable but there is a small band of earthers that it's sort of like the new ice age it caused the new ice age to occur and uh, there's a handful like of 200 300 people and these aliens come down and they say, we're, we're here to help you. We're here here to help you advance your technology and keep you alive. And uh, for a while, they, they build a dome over the city. They're able to walk around. Um, they're advancing in technology, but they don't want them to introduce... The, they're holding back technology on them because they don't want to throw the, you know, nuclear, obviously, because then they could build a nuclear bomb. They don't want to get engines, like gas-controlled engines, because it'll cause pollution to the environment. So they hold that back. Well, one guy, leader of the Earth people, finds out that they're holding back information and attacks the aliens, and uh, forms a an army to, to attack the aliens, and basically causes their own destruction again with when a nuclear warhead goes off. So it it doesn't end well, but I, but I've seen like a lot of stories about like us destroying the environment and then somebody trying to help and then it not working out because we destroy ourselves again. We don't learn from history is essentially the, what we're, what the story tells you. And, uh, on the letters page, it was pretty interesting. Um, one guy writes how he really loved the story in 102, a story called Astral Attackers, because it had something to do with a video game. And he says, I'm a video game freak. So what, what year? This must have been Atari years, if it's 60 cents, or would it be past that? Uh, 19, the, the year? 1982.
1: Yeah, no, that that's prime. Be... That's prime Atari,
2: right? Yeah, that's Atari yeah. and probably ColecoVision.
0: Coleco ColecoVision, so he's a video gamer, probably ColecoVision. I had both systems. That's when I really cared about video games. But uh <laughs> he really liked it. It's a Dan Mishkin and uh uh Gary Cohn uh, co written script with Trevor Von Eden and Jerry Ordway art, so that's oh, wow. That sounds like quite the team on the art, for sure. Um, The other thing... (laughs) This is a very interesting email. In regards to issues 105, 108, and 109 and the Creature Commandos, I don't see why you persist in taking such a stupid idea from the old monster (laughs) movies and putting it in your fine magazine. The idea that the army would somehow transform men into monsters is very unrealistic. I think that Kanegar's short stories are better than your lead stories, and I'd like to see more of them. <laughs> wow. Somebody that hated the creature commandos. She well, was not afraid of yeah. men's words. <laughs>
2: mm. I wonder if that dude's on social media now saying how much he hates everything else.
4: But there's a lot
0: of hateful letters in here. I mean, there's, there's one that says, you know, I really dug this story. And then this one, he goes, the tomb at the top of the stairs. Whatever possessed you to include this story? The art was mediocre and the story wasn't much better. (laughs) My goodness.
1: Uh, They're rough.
0: Yeah, even this one, he he talks, the white knight. Stories with medieval settings rarely appeal to me. This was no exception. (laughs) (laughs) Dear
2: editor, you suck and your mom does too.
4: (laughs)
0: No love for the creature commandos, that's for sure. In this one, he probably write another letter. That G. G I. Robot is so unrealistic and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Why are there aliens in this story? (laughs) It's not realistic.
3: Man, that's a good point. They probably had a field day with Rob's issue. Yeah, right? Captain yeah. Space Man, what is that? <laughs> I didn't ask for Flash Gordon in my weird war tales. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs>
0: but but it's kind of fun to read letters like that because it just shows you that that social media aspect of hating things is is still was still out there back in the day, you know. Exactly, oh and they just, had to work you just harder. Could they avoid had to. It if you wanted they to. didn't. They didn't have access to email. They had to go get a letter, put a stamp on it, and send it in to say you suck. <laughs> they had to that's... work a lot more harder for it. <laughs> well, see, that's... that's
1: the thing is that you know you still had those people out there. It's just that our exposure was was just limited. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't have to hear their viewpoints all the time.
2: All
0: the time. Yeah, that's, for the that's my many times. Thing.
2: I would skip over the letters column. I might look for somebody where they listed the address to see if they lived near me, but I would often just skip over that. Although I love reading them now.
0: (laughs) That's because Kirk was a stalker. He's like, there's somebody that likes more comics. I want to go to his house.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was always looking for a connection. Somebody that, you know, wanted to sell their comics or. Maybe if I make friends with this guy, he'll have some he doesn't want anymore.
0: That's right. <laughs> or it'll be that, that's
3: one of my favorite things that uh, my friend uh, Chris is doing on his show, The Essential X Men, is he reads the letters from the kids in the '60s X Men issues, and I mean, half of them are pissy, like, "Ooh, I hate Mimic." Why are you like bringing him back every issue? We want more Magneto. (laughs) When is, when is Jean gonna kiss Bobby? I mean, there's like crap like that all the time. It's that's like my favorite part. Part of those episodes is where he reads the letters. They're so good. It's,
1: it's funny. It's yeah. It's it's very funny.
0: Yep. Anything else guys? Or do you want to wrap this up and go to bed?
1: I want, yeah, I, I got an, I an early thank, start, but yeah, Kirk, you got something?
2: I just wanted to thank Nick and Jared for the questions. That was Oh, funny. for
1: sure. Nick had quite a few, so I think we've got a few more that we can do next time around.
0: Yeah, we have yeah, at least four, I think.
1: Well,.
3: Well, we, hopefully he'll tell us what he likes to eat if he, uh, if he's having a romance comic read to him.
0: So. I'm ho- I'm
2: ho- I'm rooting for Nick to have pot de cream au chocolat with his <laughs> Thanksgiving meal.
0: I I would guess it's going to be yours if I had to put money on the dessert. It, it won't be this vinegar dessert. That's his last choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm curious. Thing.
2: Now, Joe said the vinegar pie stinks. Is that just because you don't like the smell of vinegar? or No, it literally
3: smells bad while you're cooking it. Okay. Because
2: yeah. I like the smell of vinegar. It reminds but, me of, of vinegar, malted vinegar on my fried fish, like at Long John
3: Silver's. But it, it tastes really good. Like if you've ever had chest pie or, or or something like that, you'd probably like it.
0: Like if you ever make salt rising bread, it smells like dirty feet. But (laughs) we call it dirty feet bread, but uh, (laughs) it doesn't taste bad. It stinks Mm -hmm. though, to high heaven.
3: just (laughs) hold your nose and dig in. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, we can
0: we can wrap this one up and let you East Coasters go to sleep.
3: Yeah. No kidding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Buddy. Bye. so uh, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, I'm glad we How were able. You? I'm glad we were able to do this off you, yeah, and get everybody. Join. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Now,
2: is Perry Mason canceled or is it
1: on hiatus? I don't. You know what? I think it's been canceled. So I got to wait for the last of us to show up on HBO.
0: That was a one oh. and done.
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah.
0: On the twitters, you can reach Kirk at uh, Big Five Army. You can reach Joe at, uh, at Iowa's Joe, and then you can reach Rob. His is the easiest. It's just at Rob Krieger. Just sounds like Seeger, but not spelled like Seeger. <laughs> it's, it's spelled, it's well, spelled it's like... spelled like the easiest anymore. It's, spe- <laughs> it's spelled like Krieger. I always it said that. It sounds like this, but it's spelled <laughs> like
1: this. And... <laughs> yep, that's about it. And Mike, and what I'm, about you? At, at Mike Myers you?
0: Brunch. Which is pretty easy. It is. You just have to throw yeah. brunch at it, and it's not my name. Yeah. But my middle name isn't uh, Myers, and my last name is not brunch.
1: Mr. Brunch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you can find us at Geek Brunch. No, you can find us at dcnoisepodcast.com. <laughs> 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 and that's where you'll find this episode. Uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, it was a good time and good issues. You guys picked good issues.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun, guys, as always.
0: Yep, and have a good have a good week, everybody.
2: Good to talk thanks. to
1: everybody. Y'all oh, be yep. safe out there.
0: All right, you too. Bye. All
3: right, y'all have a good night. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye.